privilege to send you this video and share a quick testimony of what God has been doing when we allow him and give him space to move in our life when we ask him to do it, he will do it. Every Thursday, I connect with my associate pastor here at my church, Ridgeview in Rockwall, where I live. This was three weeks ago. My prayer request was, God, send people in my path that need to hear from you, that don't know you or know you, need reassurance, need to be affirmed in anything. In less than 24 hours after praying that prayer, God did it. So the next morning, I woke up and I was in my quiet time with the Lord before I went to work out. And I was in Luke 18. And Luke 18 where it talks about Jesus healing the blind man and giving the guy sight to see. I had said, Lord, give me eyes to see those that need you. Well, this particular gentleman comes up to me that I talk to all the time. We call this guy Wood because when we met him two years ago, he's, a, he's about a six foot five, 315 pound giant of a man, one of the strongest people I've ever seen. So we meet this big old dude in the gym and we notice he takes his shirt off and he has a huge tattoo across his stomach that says Wood. And I just asked him, I said, hey man, is that your last name? And he says, no, I'm a fourth generation Peckerwood. And I said, excuse me, what's that? My ignorance. He goes, uh, I'm Aryan Brotherhood. And he looks at my, my friend who's black and basically looks at him like, what are you going to do about it? So we walk out of the gym and my friend was discouraged by that, a little intimidated. And I just said, you know what, man? In a couple years, that dude's going to be your best friend. You watch and see. Well, over time, uh, over time, we went by. I got to know this guy, Wood, a little bit. And I'd asked him about the Lord, asked him if he went to church. He said, no, I know God, but church isn't for me. Well, this particular Friday, three weeks ago, Wood comes walking up to me. And I notice he has a bracelet on his wrist that says faith and family. I look at it and I said, you know what, man, tell me, tell me a little bit about that bracelet. What is that? That's, that's not supposed to be there. And he says, well, uh, I got that at my church. And I was just completely excited, dumbfounded, and just said, really, you're going to church now? He said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to church. It was time. It's time for me to go to church. And I said, cool. I said, well, can I ask you a question? And this is where my heart starts beating because I knew I had asked God the day before, send people to my path that need to hear from you. And so I asked him, I said, let me ask you a question, buddy. And he said, what's up? And I said, when did you first meet Jesus? He said, I was raised in the church. I said, okay. I said, can I ask you another question? He said, yeah. I said, when did you fall away from Jesus? And he puts his head down. And he would never answer the question. And I said, was it when you got locked up? Because I knew he had done some jail time, but not the extent of the jail time that he had done. And he kept putting his head down. He'd look up at me and he'd put his head down. He'd look up at me and he never answered the question. So at this point, I'm getting a little worried, a little concerned. Like I made this giant dude really mad that could um, flick me across the room if he wanted to. And I said, you know what, man? That question doesn't matter because your past is broken. You've been redeemed. You've been set free by the blood of Jesus. And what's mostly gratifying is that we get to raise our children to live for the Lord. He looks up at me and his chin begins to quiver. And I think like we're having some kind of breakthrough. He's going to start crying. And he points his finger in my face and roars. Rah! And the whole gym heard him. And this man fell backwards onto the ground. 
and went into a complete seizure. It freaked me out because I'm watching this man turn purple and gray like something had a chokehold on him. So I call 911, get off the phone with 911, and I come back into the gym. And there's at least 50 people on their knees holding hands, praying. And the guy that was leading the prayer out was a black pastor. How cool is that? People that are praying for him are the people that he's not supposed to want anything to do with. Well, I had a brother that was there from my church that was laying hands on him. And I walked up behind him and I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, hey, man, this isn't medical. This is something spiritual. This is bigger than this. He goes, I know. Well, well, I see him at the gym this week, this past Monday. He comes in and his whole countenance is different. He's full of joy. He's hugging on everybody. And he walks in and he says, what happened to me? And I said, well, what do you remember? He goes, I remember you, you telling me about my, asking me about my bracelet. And after that, it was all a blur. And I said, well, before I tell you what happened, I need to know what the doctors said to you. What did they tell you? And he said, the doctors told me there was nothing wrong with me. They ran every test they could, neuro, neuro, neurologist, everything and over the last week and a half, and nothing is wrong with me medically. And I said, well, I know what happened, and I believe that the Lord delivered you from something huge. And I said, you never answered my question. I said, the questions I asked you was when you met Jesus and you told me you were raised in the church. That doesn't tell me you've met Jesus before. I said, is Jesus your Lord and your Savior? He said, absolutely, absolutely, now he is. And I said, bro, whenever I told you that your past was broken and under the blood of Jesus, whatever that was inside of you kept you from speaking and you roared and you fell and, and the body of Christ came alive in that moment and prayed for you and cast that thing out of you and you're set free. I said, so tell me what that thing was. And he looks at me and he says, well, I've been incarcerated. I've been in the penitentiary over seven times. I'm only 37 years old. And he goes, and God has always been after me. He goes, my calling in life is to go back into the prisons and minister to my people. Those people understand me. I understand what those people are doing. Well, what Mr. Wood didn't know was that we found out his name during this time. When he was in the hospital, we found out that his name was Joshua. The meaning of Joshua is Savior, another derivative of Yeshua. Joshua was the man that replaced Moses and led an army. So Josh is telling me this. Yeah, I'm supposed to go into the prisons and I'm supposed to minister the gospel. Well, at this point, I didn't know that this was prophesied over him until the very next day. A friend of mine comes in and says, hey man, do you know where Josh is? I, I need to tell him what someone told me. And I said, well, what is it? What, did he, what were you told? He said, this old man that I, that, I, that I work with, I told him the story that happened and the old man prophesied and said, you tell him that he was delivered from anger and that he used to go into the prisons and preach the gospel. At this point, I'm crying and I said, bro, God is so real and he is so good. I said, because just yesterday, Josh told me that his calling in life is to go into the prisons and preach the gospel. None of this would have, wouldn't have happened if there wasn't a step of obedience, a step of stepping out of our comfort zone. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. God is always waiting on us to make, the, make a move because he moved a long time ago. He's waiting on us to make the first move. So this testimony is to encourage you to not take any credit for the power of God and what happens. But the body of Christ, when you rise up, and you stand firm in the word of God and you stand firm in prayer, 
amazing things happen. This dude, six foot five giant, fell like lightning. He fell to the ground and would literally look like he was dying, gasping for air. And the body of Christ, every race, came together, held hands, laid down their political affiliation, laid down their denominational wall, laid down every opinion of man and said, God, we're gonna stand in the gap for this guy. So I wanna encourage you, Generations Church, if you have a hunger for more of Jesus and you're scared because you don't believe that you are adequate enough to fulfill the call of God in your life, that is a lie from the enemy. Stand firm in the call that God has on your life. And that call that God has on our life is to go. Is to go, ask a simple question. Hey, how can I pray for you? Tell me about that t-shirt you're wearing. Tell me about the bracelet you're wearing. How's your day going? Because that communication can spark something and open a door for God to move through you. Moses was a stutterer. He felt inadequate, but God used him. If it wasn't for him to being used, we wouldn't be here right now.